Bezat Hashem, this is the fifth of Av, fifty-seven seventy-nine, Parsha Devarim, the Hilula of the Arizal, the yard site of the Holy Arizal, the great Kabbalist and teacher who brought down the teachings that would usher in the coming of Mashiach. And I need to record a few ideas of his. This is in the Sefer Eitz Chaim, the forty-seventh Heichal. Sorry, the 47th Shar, the 47th Gate, 50 Gates in the Eitz Chaim. This is one of the simpler pieces of Eitz Chaim that's quoted a lot, so it's still very complicated. I'll try to explain it, how I understand it. When it arose in the mind and the will and the desire of God and His endless ability, to create a universe with a four-part structure, that there would be a world of Atzilut, or a world of godly powers and engines driving experience, a world of creation called Bria, which would be creating the boundary such that there would be an experience of being a created being and not totally one within the creator's power, such that we can understand Atzilut as sort of like the way it's described in the book Shef Atal I saw recently, the experience of when we meditate on the powers of our soul and our expression within our soul, like the idea of a word we might say or a thought we might think when that word or that thought is still included prior to it being expressed. So that would be, so to speak, similar to the world of Atzilut, so to speak, by Hashem, that He has all these powers of expression that we say that he speaks and creates the world. So Atzilut would be the concept of all of these powers within the creator and his and his general ability, so to speak, versus the world of Bria is the concept of an expression of power out into the realm of a listener. And that is the great mystery. Where does that come from? What is that? What is the space that feels itself outside of Hashem? And that's the deepest thing in the world. And the Lashem Shabbat Achlamas, is explaining, from what I understand, all that I've seen, and that recently I've been seeing, interestingly, over and over, I saw in the Dimeshach Eliezer last night, I saw it this morning in the Kamarna on Devarim, but that the Malchut is being described as Chalal, as Abir Chalal, empty air, but the Kamarna was bringing this morning and I've heard from Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld and others that Halal is the gematria of Chaim which is so fascinating the word for Halal which means an empty space also has the meaning of a corpse is the same numerical value as life what does that tell you? it tells you that the apparent empty space that is the experience of seeming like it's beyond the Creator or outside of the Creator's purview, even though it's not, God forbid, but there's the the Creator is, an inten- is intentionally creating a situation where it seems like this is an empty space, a corpse-like empty space devoid of light. Actually, it's full of life. Again, we always coming back to this idea of tohu or ether or hylic material. Ethereal space is absolutely full of life, absolutely full of potential, 
And as the Leshem is explaining so deeply and fascinatingly in Sefer Adeya, that when we talk about the shattering of the vessels and Hashem setting up the basic map of this creation, so there's this shattered malchut, there's this shattered vessel, which is shattered into an endless array of vessels, which are all the potential experiences that would come into play throughout the 6,000 years of history. So this is presenting as the concept of a halal, as the concept of an empty space, but it's actually full of life, or at least potential life. When we talk about a person that's, God forbid, Mechal El Shabbos, he's desecrating Shabbos, or he's mechal, he's being a Chil Hashem, he's desecrating God's name by acting in a very inappropriate way and making God and Israel and the Torah look bad. So to me, what that means is that he's taking this space, this halal, which is full of Chaim, it's for at least full of potential life, and instead of enlivening it and inserting into it all sorts of godly bracha and energy in life of mitzvot, of good good deeds which turn the potential life in the ethereal space into real life, into chayim, instead he leaves it remaining a chalal, God forbid. He, it, it becomes a corpse-like negative expression out of ethereal space that it says, Rishayim mechayehim kuroyim that wicked people in their life are really called dead. And that, I think, is a very big hint to this whole idea that life was supposed to be brought forth from this ethereal space of halal, um, but instead what was brought forth was a halal. Like, what instead was brought forth was an expression, a congealment of an item which is, instead of emphasizing the life that was inherent and potential and is the true reality of what is coming forth from this ethereal space of possibility, Instead, what is created is a corpse-like being, which is emphasizing its otherness and its halalness, its separateness and its emptiness, rather than emphasizing life, which could be expressed out of the emptiness. And that's why the verb is to be machalel Shabbos. It's an active verb, the men at the beginning of machalel. And this is brought in the Tikkun Zohar, I think Tikkun 24, that it's like the person is actively being, he's actively halaling it. He's actively emphasizing the corpse-like nature and the empty space-like nature of this empty space, which of this empty space, which is actually chock full of the possibility of goodness and life, and is really teeming with the life of those fallen sparks and those shivrei kalim of possibility, which are just waiting to be activated and to turn darkness into light or to turn emptiness into into the space of existence. But instead, the person is Mahalel, Shalom. He is he is imprinting and he's forcing the Halal to remain a Halal. So he's yeah, he's being Mahalel. He's unfortunately actively forcing the Halal nature on the Halal itself to continue to be a Halal until you know the. Hashem takes care of the situation when he decides. Okay. But that's the mystery of what is a, a space for creation outside of Atzilut. What is outside of Hashem? Well, it's an experience. and it's, it's an experience of an ethereal space containing all possibilities, which is set up by the, by the shattering of the vessels, creating the whole landscape and field of possibilities that would be re-enlivened and would 
bring forth like the way we can picture a little baby chicken forming out of the liquid of the egg or a child growing inside the liquid amniotic amniotic sac. So that liquid is containing the child, is containing the little chicken, but it just has to be brought out. So that liquidy state is, these are the waters, right? It says that the Ruach HaLhimer Chapeta that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. These were these ethereal waters. There's many different interpretations of what these waters are, but one of the meanings of the waters is the waters in the depths, the waters in the depth of the abyss of possibility that looks for a time like it's empty and dead, but really it's just teeming with possibility, the way that there's a really a possible chicken inside that egg yolk. It just needs to be formed if it's fertilized. Okay, so that is the space of a creation from the shattered vessels. And once you have a Bria, once you have a, a creation outside of the Telos, then it's just a matter of time until that Bria is unfolding into the other two basic worlds of Yitzira and Asiya. Okay, he's saying a lot here. I'm not going to go into every little thing he's saying. So this is why we need what are called tikkunim, as we're saying a million times. The word for tikkun, there's the popular phrase tikkun alama. Tikkun literally means minimization. There needs to be many minimizations in order to bring the light of God's infinity into this ethereal space. And that's really why there's a four there's a fourfold structure to the universe of the four worlds of Atsilos, Bria, Yetzirah, and Asiya. That you can't get the light directly from God's endless light, obviously. It's endless power. What we'd have is just endless world. We wouldn't have this world. So we need four worlds interposing between God's essential light of endless power and our physical experience to continue to minimize the light until it eventually comes out and comes to fruition in the form of the physicality of our world. Okay, so what happens? The first thing that happens, now, like if you read anywhere else in the time, this is definitely not the first thing that happens. He's skipping like thousands of, like thousands of pages, with, including commentary and just endless wisdom of extremely deep stuff that is so hard to understand. But putting all that aside, the next thing that really happens is that Hashem is extending forth his infinite light in the secret of the ten spherot of Atzilut, in the secret of, of vessels. What does this mean? This is a very nice line. Because we see that the idea of, of spreading forth is the same thing as, or is, is demonstrating the idea of thickening. Like this. Okay, let's give an example. Speech is the extension forth from inner thought into speech. There's literally a thickening of the thought as it gets dressed up ultimately into the breath and the heat and the moisture of my breath and the sound waves and its thought, which is congealing and thickening into speech. So the concept of an extension or a spreading out from inner to outer is synonymous with or bound up with the concept of thickening. 
Okay. All right. So the idea of extension and spreading forth from inner to outer is to take the inner light and it's synonymous with not only spreading out the light from inner to outer, but causing the light to thicken in the concept of the light or the information of thought, which is thickening and congealing into the more thick experience and expressions of speech. He's going to explain this as well, but besides thickening, besides the process of thickening when something is moving from inner to outer, there's also the process of granulization and um, splitting up into more and more particulars. Because again, when we're thinking about and we're meditating on how thoughts are transforming into words that are spoken, so a thought, a person can have a thought that contains thousands and thousands of words but he can only speak out one word at a time. So the words are not only thickening the thought, but they're also breaking up the thought into tinier and tinier units, which must be spoken one at a time. Okay. Kiyut Sviros, Elohim Yud Kaling. Venasu mitzadid pashas ha'ins of atma. So we find that the concept of the tens, the initial ten spherot of Atsilut are ten major vessels, which are created through the act of the endless light extending itself out. Now the Leshem has a book called Klalim, which I haven't read, unfortunately, yet. But we're talking about thousand pages or something, like near this, where the whole book is explaining so many thousands of, ver- of varieties of what the Arizal just spoke about. So the Arizal just said one sentence, and that one sentence is containing huge iterations and variations on a theme of the idea of a higher light spreading from a higher to lower level, depositing the concept of ten vessels, the light then departing and leaving over ten vessels behind, and then the light coming back into those vessels and playing back into them, this is an extremely general concept, which is repeating itself everywhere on so many different levels of scale and spirituality. So we, can't, we need to understand that this is a very general blanket statement, which is encompassing endless processes and, different, and endless varieties and levels of scale. Okay. But basically... The endless light is extending himself from within his mysterious essence. And what, the, and what happens then is through the extension, this is creating a thickening of the light and eventually congealing as 10 major vessels in Atsilat. Now, God forbid to think for a second, for even a split second, that these 10 vessels in Atsilat are anything physical. He's going to explain this is a metaphor and the light itself is, isn't really light. This is a metaphor for information, for godly power. But what does this mean? Okay. Once the endless light is spreading forth, and so to speak, the, the quality of endless light is thickening, 
And like, why is it thickening? In what environment is it possible that the light should thicken? The Leshem is explaining this. There, as I said, there are, there are tons and tons and tons of stages and processes explained that I've only begun to even just see once in my life, like only, only just see from a distance the tip of the iceberg, not even touch it. But just to be aware of that tip of that iceberg, that there's so much more of like what happened, that there should even be a space that the light of Ein Sof should spread out into that space, that it should then be able to stratify and thicken, so to speak, and, and leaving behind the idea of ten, ten vessels. Again, so much there, but we're just looking at the eight time. And then, after the, the endless light is depositing ten vessels through the thickening of that light as it is extending, then it comes back into those thickened vessels that it previously deposited. And this is the secret of the idea of essence dressing up in vessel. Okay, so he's going to explain what is the vessel. I'll go ahead and do it now since we're getting really confused. <laughs> um, yeah, let me go skip ahead a few lines because I want to... I wanna, the A-time is a difficult, extremely difficult safer um, for so many reasons, but for now I'll just skip ahead for a few lines. What is this thickening of the light? That makes a vessel. Ki halo haroi or gadol. Like, okay, so the Arizal is actually giving us a nice analogy within here. A person who sees a great light. Lo yachalasavla. He can't contain that light. He can't look straight at the sun, right? In lo archaka, o masach, o Either the person needs, in order to be able to look at a light, needs to distance himself from the light, or he needs a screen, like sunglasses or some type of filter, or both depending on how weak he is and how strong the light is. So what vessels are, very, very nice from the Arizal, vessels are great systems of creating the experience of distance from light and screens interposing between an experiencer or a perceiver and the light source. That's what vessels are. And that's what we talk about, the thickening of the light. That the thickening of the light is that contained within the light itself before its vessels were expressed through it extending itself outwards. But of course, contained within the light itself is the possibility of that light and its ability to create distance between its raw nature and the perceiver of that light and also to create screens on itself so that the listener or the perceiver can experience it at his own level, meaning the perfect example always is the example of speech. So in my thought are all sorts of potential vessels, which are potential ways that I can take my thoughts, which are private to me and very much intimate with me and I know my thoughts, but how could I possibly let you in to catch a glimpse of my inner world? So I have within myself all sorts of tools that are prepared at the ready, that should I want to share this or that experience with you or this or that bit of knowledge that I have within myself, that I have these tools called vessels, which are going to allow me 
to put screens on my thought and to create distance between my raw thought and the way that that thought is communicating to you through speech such that speech itself is through the act of using vessels which create distance between my, the, the, the intellectual energy of my raw thought versus the words that you're hearing, there's this fascinating truth that a distance is created. Uh, um, like a three-dimensional gate is set up where now my thought can flow through this creation of conceptual distance and this creation of conceptual screens which through these screens and through the, these extending forth of creating possibilities for creating a distance between everything I know within my thought and versus what I choose to only give over to you, which is only a tiny snapshot of what I know. And this is the secret of Simpson. This is the secret that the way the Mukubalim are explaining Simpson. Simpson is really just coming to explain, like, in the way that thoughts are, a person is minimizing, and like people talk about, this guy doesn't have a filter. So what's the filter? Like, he doesn't know how to filter his words. So what's the filter? You know, an effective speaker is filtering everything he knows and selecting just a certain point, a certain collection of ideas that are appropriate to be shared. And then on top of selecting out of the ocean of what he knows, only a certain collection of ideas out of, a, out of so many ideas he knows, he's, only, he's selecting like whatever, 12. And even on those, he's then determining how to, to minimize and minimize the intensity of those ideas to take him from the ideas as he's familiar with them in himself and to thicken those ideas and dress them up in analogies and to break them apart into so many more explanations because to him, he knows the idea maybe in five words. But the other guy needs to hear that word explained. That other guy needs to hear that idea explained in 5,000 words to fully grasp it. So these are the vessels. These are the vessels of Atsilut. The vessels of Atsilut are the potentialities within all of the information and all of the knowledge and wisdom that the Creator wishes to impart to us via the creation, that the creation is merely at the end of the day one great device of the Creator communicating His wisdom to us, as we've talked about this so many times. So here we have a, a nice little taste from the Arizal. You hear about these spherot, you hear about light and vessel. What were the vessels? The vessels were the potentialities within the light of the Creator's message that he wanted to express that he was infinitely powerful. These vessels were the potentiality within the Creator that he had so many pathways and so many strategies and ways of knowing exactly how each and every one of us would be able to hear his message through so many screens of analogy, through so many analogies, through so many ways of breaking up the idea that he was giving over to you and to you and to you and to break it up into such small, tiny bits so that you can handle it. Which reminds me, by the way, that the way that the Sadiqim Chazal are describing when, God forbid, a person is needing a, a, some, I don't want to call it a punishment, but a consequence. He's needing some type of retribution or consequence to 
whatever, to keep him straight in this world, as the tzaddikim are saying in a very basic way, the reason there needs to be a midat adin, the reason there needs to be severity in the world, that there needs to be harshness in the world, is that wickedness, since there is free will, so wickedness needs to be addressed so that people don't keep being wicked. But for Israel, it's explained that Hashem loves us so much, not that He doesn't love everyone else, but anybody who's trying to attach to the Creator, I would say, the Creator is taking those consequences and smashing them up into tiny, tiny, tiny bits so that instead of getting hit by a big rock, we're getting hit by tiny little pebbles to wake us up because of something we did that wasn't correct. Anyway, so it's the same thing by the goodness that He gives us. He can't just give us the, the spiritual equivalent of a billion dollars, we wouldn't know what to do with it. He splits it up so that we can take it bit by bit and then we fully appreciate it. So the vessels, the Arizal is talking in an extremely mystical abstract sense, but the concept here is that the first thing that Hashem was setting up was, listen very carefully, was this great all-encompassing system of all the ways that the Creator was planning to dress up his light in so many minimizations for us to handle. And now we, we connect this with what we learn from other tzaddikim, that another way of looking at the world of Atzilut is that the world of Atzilut, we saw this in the Shefetal, we saw we see this from the Leshem and many others. Another way of looking at the world of Atzilut is to say, this is the realm of all possible... And we saw it a few days ago from the Leshem and Sharakudim, that he's saying there that the world of Atzilut, quoting the Vilna Gaon, the world of Atzilut is a great tree. That it's the structure of all unfoldings of cause and effect in our world as they are contained within the divine map of how Hashem is already pre-planning every possible um, scenario of cause and effect in this creation such that in these vessels of Atzilut that are present before Hashem even begins to apply them and create them and speak them into a created world out in that ether. But already in Atzilut is this whole map of everyone's pathway in this world, how depending on what choices he makes at different points in time, what are going to be the, the possible outcomes and trajectories of his life based on the laws of spiritual cause and effect? And so, in other words, the verse says in Hazal, A person is required to say that because of me the world was created, that Hashem created the world for me. Why did he create the world? For me, for me to grow, for me to learn, for me to get to know God, for me to get to have the opportunity to give and create. But a, a deeper dimension of that statement is bishfili nivraha olam. That shfil is the word a pathway. That in my pathway, the world is being created. That the world is being created through the pathway of my soul. Because listen very carefully. Ultimately. Each person's soul, as it's rooted in this huge high world of Atsilut, is a pathway. And the pathway is that the Creator already pre-designed for each person what was going to be the logic of the path of his life and how would the different pathways of his life play out 
if he made different choices at different forks in the road. That's called a path. That's called a shviel. And those are the those are the kalim and atzilut. Those are the vessels in the world of atzilut. Meaning, so how do we connect the two ideas together? What is the connection between that each person has a certain path, which is how the Creator already thought up the whole path of if he does this over here, so then this event's going to flow out in the laws of spiritual cause and effect for him, versus if he does the wrong thing or the right thing over here, then this different event will flow forth in the spiritual laws of cause and effect. What's the connection between that and the concept that another way of looking at these vessels in Atsilu is the concept of all sorts of ways that the Creator was planning how he would dress up his endless light into so many tiny, tiny packages of analogy and minimization and screens and distance so that his infinite thought would would reach our consciousness in digestible bite-sized bits, it's the same thing. It's to tell you that the logic of a person's pathway in this world is the same concept or is intimately or intrinsically bound up with the concept of the creator's way that he planned that for each person individually on their path and for humanity on its collective path that way that he would be expressing who he is through so many analogies and through so many tiny tiny packages so that we should eventually know who he is because that's what life is the pathway of life is one great experience to get to know the creator when we go through our lives and we saw how this choice led to this thing and then that led to other things through the unfolding pathway of our life, through going through those experiences, we learn about what is right and what is wrong and how the Creator works and what He's all about. So our very lives, we suddenly get to see, we suddenly realize that our very lives are just a tool, a mechanism for us to get education about who the Creator is. So that's why the concept of that the vessels in Atsilut are, are those things which are coursing out the pathways of each person's life and how the light of the Creator would flow into him through so many chains of cause and effect based on his choices, while they, why, why that is the same concept or intrinsically the same type of concept of how the Creator was planning how he would communicate his infinite godliness and his infinite ability in so many tiny packages to each of us individually and to humanity collectively. So much more to say, but Baruch Hashem for the Arizal. Have a great day.